0: Welcome to episode number 144 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined every single week by Brett Colson, where we run down all the big news, all the big happening, all the big bets, all the everything going on in this crazy gambling industry. At Brett Colson on the Twitter machine, at Matt Brown M2 on the Twitter machine. If you want to follow me, we're on Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. So, Go in, subscribe, rate, and review. really do appreciate all of those as well. And by the way, we are on YouTube. That is backslash playpicks, our sister site. So be sure and go in and subscribe there as well. We put out everything we do. Obviously, content is, is completely free and uh, try to help you guys try to understand our thought process through different things as well. Going to hit on a ton of stuff when NBA starts to roll around here. We even have some things up, you know, anything that's hot in the sports world, even stuff that is sports world adjacent. We've got a Really great video on there we did with with Eric Ramsey about sports cards because that is kind of sports adjacent and it's kind of gambling adjacent. It's a little bit of both. And Brad, I know you and I talked a little bit about that, um, you know, uh, several months ago, maybe six months ago or something like that. But this whole the whole sports card thing is actually kind of in the realm of what we do because you're taking your sports knowledge and you are kind of betting on the future of these cards and future actions and different things like that. It's, it's a form of gambling that is just a different form of gambling.
1: It is such a form of gambling. You're also (laughs) gambling when you buy a pack of cards on what is inside that pack of cards. I mean, it's, it really does align with what we do. Here's a question for you though. I was looking at sports cards for my nephew, Yeah, but I feel like these kids don't, it's not like we, like we were when we were like eight, nine, 10 years old, starting to get into like trading cards. And like, we were actually like playing with, train trading cards. Yeah, they don't do that. Kids don't do that now. They play video <laughs> games. Yeah. Like How do I how do I get my nephew into trading cards? I, I don't think I just don't see it being a thing with the kids nowadays.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it seems as if this boom is coming more from people our age and yeah. in the, in the age below that, because it's almost like our generation's form of like art, you know, because like, I don't know about you, like, I'm not, I don't go buy paintings and I don't like, I don't, you know, that's not my thing. I'm not into that type of deal, but you know, these, these cards come in different skews and different forms and, and, you know, different card stocks and all kinds of stuff. and so it's almost like our generation's form of, of art really. And like they appreciate and depreciate just like art does. And um, but it's almost like a, it's a little bit like what we do in gambling in the stock market too is, is, you know, performance based either appreciation or depreciation as well. And so it's uh, it's, it's really interesting. I dabble in it a little bit. Eric is, is really, really into it. And we're going to do a follow-up video with Eric as we head into NBA season, because NBA cards are going to get really hot again. So be sure and check that out if you're the least bit interested over at the channel, but there's a primer over there with Eric and it's really good just to kind of give you the basics of everything that's going on in the industry as well. So uh, I definitely would highly recommend it. And again, like, you know, Hey, look, there is, I say this all the time. We say this about gambling too, Brett. If you go to the movies your percentage of ROI on going to the movies, which is still entertaining and it's entertainment, but your chance of ROI is zero. You know that that is a sunken cost that you're going to the movies and it's going to cost you X amount of money by the time you buy the tickets and the refreshments and all the different stuff. And maybe you go to dinner before. You're still having fun. You're still enjoying it, but your ROI is zero. Well, in gambling, if it makes a game more fun for you to watch, there's at least a chance of ROI. Like you you are spending money to enhance your in. Engagement and also your enjoyment Of the game that's on the television And hey you know what you might screw around And actually win the bet and so there's a chance Of ROI it's kind of the same thing that With sports cards as well is that You go in and yeah, you know, there's a chance you might brick, but there is a chance of ROI as well. And if your enjoyment comes and ripping open these packs and and kind of getting the rush of seeing what you, what you're getting, and if anything happens to be you know a rare card or, or something like that, I mean, it's it all kind of falls in line in the same realm. And I think that's why you're probably seeing. I know you and I follow a ton of the same people on Twitter and whatnot. We're we're seeing a lot of the same people who we know from the DFS world, from the sports gambling world, from the poker world, all of those guys kind of getting into this as well. Because it all falls in line with with the same premise of of all those different things.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see what the sports card market is going to look like in like 30 years, if the next generation gets into it, and if there is value there, will be really interesting to see. Because obviously, it's exploding right now. But like you said, a lot of that has to do with the, with the people who are in our, our age group who grew up with trading cards, playing with trading cards. I mean, that was, that was my, that was it. Like I just, all I did was play with trading cards when I was, you know, at that age. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think what you just said is is a really good lesson too, about treating gambling like a hobby that was recreational. It's entertainment for new, for new betters. I think that's one of the most important things we can preach is that if you treat it that way and not like, a way to make money, that's how you can continue to do this and have fun with it. Otherwise, it just, if you try to treat it like a job and you're not putting in the research, not putting in the time, not doing it correctly, then it becomes a problem. So, yep. Uh, yeah. Really
0: and yeah, and, 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 you know, we hear guys who claim to be, you know, professional sports betters and stuff like that. And, and Brett, listen, I know a few, you know, a few, but the reason we only know a few is because there are very few of them out there who actually do this for a living and make a ton of money and whatever, you know, I mean, I bet probably more than 99.9% of the population out there. And it's, you know, by no stretch of the imagination, would I ever call myself a professional sports better or professional better or professional gambler, like anything like that. And so it is, if you just, if you treat it As an entertainment value, and if you want to get better at it along the way and you really start to dig in, you start to learn, that's the best way to go about it at first. You know, keep your bets small, make it an entertainment based thing and learn from either your mistakes or learn from people who are trying to help you get better at the whole thing. And you really can pick up a lot of stuff that can help you with your ROI down the line, small little things you can do to be a better, better. And hopefully over the lines, podcasts like this, and there's a lot of smart people out there in the industry as well who are helping shape uh you know that that part of the industry as well which I actually think is the most important part is keeping this fun for people and keeping people involved and in trying to get them to be good at this as opposed to hand handing them just the the keys to the car right like just that's not what that's not what we're going to do here we're going to make you earn it. Uh, Brett, let's, let's do one of the things we hadn't done in a while. And I, this is, you know, this is probably the perfect time to do it because there are a lot of new states that have come on. There are a lot of different ways to bet. We're heading into NBA season. People, these books are going to be fighting for your business. And so I think now's as good a good time as any to kind of update people on the different places and the different legal markets that they can go about betting right now. You, you know, some of these might not be your home state, but it might be right across the border from you. And, you know, a short drive, if you want, if you have an event that you're really interested in betting on, it might only take you a short drive. And then you sign up, you know, remotely from your car and you're able to place a bet. So, you know, as we look at the landscape right now, where do we stand and what are we kind of, you know, what are we looking at as we start to head into 2021?
1: Yeah, let's run it down. Sir. So right now we have 18 states that have legal sports betting in some form 19. If you want to include New Mexico, which has tribes offering sports betting under existing gaming compacts. And then you've got Washington DC that has also launched legal betting under the lottery supervision. I'm sure wonderful things are being said about the DC sports betting offering over at our sister podcast, legal sports report. I'll leave the takes to Adam and Dustin over there. It's been kind of a mess. Um, Online. There are 12 states that have launched online sports betting, Tennessee, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, among the most recent to get off the ground here in 2020. And we are likely to see more coming soon. Michigan could launch legal online sports betting by the end of this year. They're already running uh, at retail casinos in Michigan. But in the next couple of weeks, we could see Michigan residents placing bets on DraftKings Sportsbook, Fandle, bet rivers bet MGM several of those books have already started pre-registration with some great bonus offers so if you live in Michigan or on the near the border of Michigan and you want to get your account set up be sure to look and see what's out there visit the lines.com we've got all the information you need right on our Michigan sports betting page about how to sign up take advantage of those sign up offers and Yeah, it looks like Michigan will be up and running before the Super Bowl. Another state that could launch before the Super Bowl is Virginia. All signs pointing to January as a launch date. And again, with many of the big operators preparing to launch there, DraftKings, FanDuel. Uh, So exciting times for some pretty big states ahead of the Super Bowl here.
0: Yeah. And on election day, there were some wins as well. That was good for Maryland, South Dakota and Louisiana that were they had the sports betting on the ballot and it passed in all three of those states. So now we can't tell you exactly when they're going to get going in all three of those states. There's still some work to be done on exact launch dates, but it was legalized. It will get going in those states as well. Um, the one thing before we head into some of the ones that are lingering out there is that you said, and I, I do want to drive this home. And this is another thing that we talk about is, is information that can help you become better betters, And that is taking advantage of these new signup offers when you first sign up for books, because it's listen, they'll spiff you like, like they're really good about it. DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, BetMGM, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're pretty good about sending you little promos here and there or whatever, but you're never going to get the type of promo that you get when you initially sign up at one of these books. Like they're all competing for your business. So you're getting these either free money or free bets or match bets or deposit bonuses and all these different things like that. That you do not get once you sign up for an account later on in your, you know, in your journey with these books. And so you just go to, you know, we're going to sit here and we're going to tell you that we have the best offers because we do. So just go to the lines, go to the U.S. sports betting tab at the top of the page, click on your state and you can see all the things that are there. But I mean, this is the time to take advantage of these things that they are offering you because you will not see them again throughout your journey of, of betting with that company. You're never going to get that initial signup bonus like you do when you sign up for the very first time. And so, um, I'm envious, Brett. I know you will take advantage of it when you finally get the option there in New York. But I mean, I'm envious because we don't have any of that stuff in Nevada. They're just kind of like, yeah, you're going to bet with us anyway. So just bet. Like we're not, we're not giving you sign-up bonuses or anything. But um, all these other states are. And so I cannot emphasize that enough because, man, getting free money from these places or getting free bets and and all that stuff is just, I mean, that is just such a so positive EV for you.
1: Yeah, and with the Super Bowl coming up too, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff at you know in Michigan, in Virginia, and some of these states that have just launched like Tennessee, Illinois, uh, Indiana. Yeah, I am very envious. Uh, I am I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that New York will will make some moves here in the in next I don't know next year.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of the things where you know you guys are probably saying like wait 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 I thought New York has a well it does, but I mean it has betting like you know. It it has it has betting, but it's just New York City is so incredibly far away from these upstate casinos. And while Brett can get in his car and drive over to one living in upstate New York, it is not where the mass of the population is. And that that population is getting on a train or getting in their car and they're driving to New Jersey and they're taking the money out of state is what's going on right now. These numbers that we're getting from New Jersey. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of there's there's a pretty big population in New Jersey, but we know that Uh at some point, at one point there was as much as 38% of the money that was coming in was coming in from, from New York alone, like coming in from New York alone. That's not even the people in Pennsylvania that cross over the border every now and then and all that. So um, hopefully, as you said, it continues to be brought up. It continues to be speculated that there will be online sports betting, at least getting taken up yet again by the legislature and Brett, I mean, as we continue to see these enormous numbers come out of New Jersey, you just have to wonder what in the hell are these guys doing?
1: We actually got a story uh, this morning from Matthew Cordell, our colleague, over at Plan Y. And I don't want to get my hopes up because we, we've been here before <laughs> with poker and help at DFS four or five years ago. But according to Matthew Cordell, New York might be able to push online sports betting through in a rev- revenue bill. This month it is drawing live according to assemblyman, Gary Pretlow. And I I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best here. I mean, we are, we already know who the major online players would be if they do pass or get this through. I mean, it'll be DraftKings. I mean, all these, all these operators have already partnered. They're ready to go. Right. they already partnered with casinos. It's all like set up in case they push this through. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, as somebody who lives in New York, I can speak to the convenience it would bring to have an online offering, even with a, re, uh, like a retail sports book. I, I live 15 minutes away from a casino, but it's not convenient. It sucks. I have to hop my car, drive down to the, to the sports book. And by the time I get down there, the lines might have moved already. So it, it, it is, it's really frustrating. And let's right also add
0: in there, it also means no in game as well. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, which is where we know the future of all this is going.
1: Yeah. Unless you want to sit there in the casino. (laughs) And I mean, we're in the, we're in a pandemic right now. I don't want to be sitting in a casino making bets. It's just, you know, and of course if, if COVID spikes again, Casinos in New York get shut down again. We're on, like, we're headed there. So it's it's smart for them to, to be looking at this again and try to push this through here this month so that they can start uh, making some moves to get online sports betting up and running here in New York, which as we know is a massive, massive state. For the health of this industry,
0: still holding out on California, Texas, and Florida as well. Of course, the four biggest states in the union, none of them have online and mobile sports betting as we sit right now. New York being the closest, uh, pretty pretty big long shot on Texas and Florida. California has talked about it. The problem is is getting the basically getting the the onboard and the sign off from the tribes over in California. They hold a great deal of power in gaming over in California. And so there's always going to be a lot of debate and a lot of stuff going on. Same deal in Florida. Tribes hold a ton of gaming power there as well. There's just no gaming in Texas whatsoever. So a uh, long shot on a couple of those states and we shall see. But the full list, Arkansas, Colorado, Delaware, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Mississippi, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. So it is uh, a robust list. It is continuing to grow, as Brett mentioned. And hopefully, you know, if you live in any of those states, go ahead, sign up for some accounts, uh, get multiple accounts if you can. There's always going to be varying lines out there and take advantage of all that stuff. And any of the updates on any of the other stuff that happens between now and the end of the year, be sure, as Brett said, check out our sister site at Legal Sports Report com, They are on top of every single thing that goes down over there. Well, Brett, I, uh, I can tell you this is for sure happening because I do a television show on MSG network, which is getting preempted this Friday because they also hold the rights to the Knicks. We're heading into NBA season, my friend and uh, NBA preseason is going on. And they said, Hey, you guys can keep your damn television show on Friday because we are going to be airing the Knicks basketball game. And so Uh, NBA preseason getting going. If we look here, I mean, if you look at the odds and if you look at where everything stands in the NBA right now, I mean, tons and tons of money. I actually saw a graphic yesterday from DraftKings. Brett, 40%, 40% of the futures money has come in on the Lakers so far. And that does not surprise me in the least bit.
1: Nope. That said, I, I don't think there's been a lot of action on these markets early on. At least I I think I saw Johnny Avello say that, but even still, no, we're not surprised that the Lakers are getting all this action after the way they kind of walked through the playoffs just a couple months ago.
0: And, not only did they do that, all they did was go out and sign the sixth man of the year. They yeah. traded for Dennis Schroeder. They got Wesley Matthews. <laughs> like, I mean, all they did was make that team exponentially better. Exponentially better in uh in a short amount of time here heading in to the season. Uh one of the things, you know, to point out two plus two seventy five on the Lakers. Clippers plus 550, Bucks plus 550, Nets plus 600 over at DraftKings. Now, Brett, the Lakers are so talented and so deep that they could withstand some COVID issues to a LeBron James or an Anthony Davis or whatever, something like that. So I don't think it's as risky to put money on the short shot of the Lakers. Now, once you get into like the Clippers and the Bucks and the Nets and the Celtics and pretty much actually any other team outside of the Lakers, any of these other short shots, you know, how 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 could the Bucks survive, you know, if if Giannis was out for an extended period of time? How would the Nets if they only had to go at it with Kyrie and didn't have KD out there? And, you know, basically you could look at all these other teams and start to to point to that as well. So, in the weirdest of years, and in this year of COVID and we've seen all these college football games get canceled, we've seen already college basketball games start to get canceled and things get moved and contingency plans get put into place. I would not lock up money into the futures market on any team other than the Lakers or any team that was like, 20 to one or longer, maybe even 30 to one or longer. I'm either holding a really big long shot or I'm holding a Lakers ticket. And that's probably about it.
1: Even the Lakers. I mean, it's, it's so, it's so much money has come in on them that I, I feel like you're too late already. If you want to put money in the Lakers. I'm with you though. Like we're in, we're at the start of another NBA season. And it's just as cloudy in betting markets as it was months ago when the last season resumed and ended it's probably cloudier now with all these teams traveling and having to like jump the hurdle of COVID COVID COVID-19 every single day I don't know what to expect so I'm not locking up any money I usually bet futures in every league before the season I haven't even looked yet because I I don't know what to expect for the season so it's it's really challenging for the books to to set lines like like they have changed the way they've done win totals markets too Some some of the some of the books are doing win percentages. Some aren't even offering win totals because they don't know what to expect. It's really tough right now.
0: Yeah. And and just as you bring that up, I mean, we we should go ahead and we'll go ahead and say like, so DraftKings, if you're betting at DraftKings, they have gone the route of win percentage. And so they decided, okay, we're going to go win percentage because. This is a year the games might get canceled. Season might get shortened. And then this way we don't have to refund your bets out there. So they're going to win percentage points bet and FanDuel are still doing the traditional wins. Now it's written very clearly on the site at FanDuel that Musk must complete 70 games for the bets to stand. So they are allowing even here, Brett, for two games to get canceled for each of these teams for things to stand. Now, typically, you know, I mean, you know how this works. Typically, all the games in a season have to be played for for bets to be paid out. That is not the case over at FanDuel, at least. They have decided that they're going to go with 70. So they have allowed for two games to be canceled and, and they can still make all these bets be live. And so uh, whenever you're making these bets, if you are brave enough to put in these futures bets, just be sure you understand what bet you're making and, and, and who you're making it with and what their rules are, because, you know, it's going to be different everywhere. Everyone's going to be, uh, have it, have different rules on this stuff. And, you know, again, at DraftKings is win percentage. So don't look at that and like, think, Oh my God, there's no way in the world. This team's only going to win. X amount or, or this team's definitely going to win whatever. No, it's it's win percentage. So it is not saying that the Lakers are going to win sixty six and a half of the seventy two games. That <laughs> is although their, they might, <laughs> although they might, but that is win percentage on the Lakers and, and whatever. So just be sure that you know what you're betting on.
1: Yeah, this is interesting too because Fanduel they must have just posted these because they told us last week they weren't even going to offer. Win totals. So they must have made a decision to do that over the last couple of days. So yeah, that's good to see that there's a little more variation out there, but it's, it is super interesting to see that they're all doing different things. All these, all these operators have different markets.
0: I know it's, it's, I know it's, it's insanity how they've gone about <laughs> all of this. Um, there's other, you know, look, there's, there's the other markets that are available, the traditional ones, who's going to win what division, uh, the yes nos on, on making the playoffs. There is also the player awards, of course, the, the MVP being uh, the MVP and rookie of the year basically being two of the markets that people bet on a lot when it comes to these futures. And Brett, when you look uh, right now over at, over at FanDuel, Luka, your favorite. For regular season MVP four a little over four to one. Giannis at second at plus four eighty, James Harden 750, Anthony Davis 850, Steph 850. And then after that, it is Durant at 13, and everybody else is longer than that. And so uh Luca coming in as your as your favorite to uh to to win MVP over at FanDuel. That's actually
1: that's not all that surprising given the way he kind of like stormed on to the second half of last season. The interesting one here was did you say James Harden 750 at Fandle? James Harden 750
0: He's at Fandle. 1600 at DraftKings. Look at that. So so is this where we go and say, "Oh, by the way, um uh PS, this is why you have multiple accounts."
1: Yeah, I it's that is super interesting. Well, is that because they're anticipating him going somewhere where he
0: is far less likely to win MVP? Maybe so. Maybe so. But it is like they have, it seems as if the two books have taken a stand, right? Yeah. Like they, they have decided that they are going to, uh, that they're going to go different directions in this. I mean, uh, again, it makes sense to me. I mean, like, you know, Hey, look, we, we've, when we were previewing even the NFL this year, Brad, you and I found the, there were an incredible, I mean, an incredible amount of differences in the futures markets that we were able to find like all over the place in the mm-hmm. NFL. And so uh, only right that is, that is playing out here in uh, in the basketball side of things as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I would say if you, if you like James Harden, if you think he's going to end up somewhere, cause I mean, this, it sounds like he's going to get traded. So if you think, you know where he's going to go, and he might have a shot at winning MVP. I, I would say DraftKings is probably your your place to go right now. I haven't looked yeah. at some of these other. I haven't looked at MGM and, and points bet to see where what his number
0: is over there. But Fanos uh, plus twelve to one at at uh, points bet. So okay. so points bets twelve to one. So yeah, definitely you're going to want to head to DraftKings. No doubt about that. Like that's where you want to. Uh, that's where you want to go for MVP if you like James Harden. Sixteen to one. You're getting by far yeah. the best number on him there. And again, if you like the favorite in Luca, you're, you know, you're going to want to go to FanDuel. You're getting the best number over at FanDuel. So again, that's why we have these multiple accounts and, and shop around for all of these numbers here. If I had to put money down again, Brett, same deal. I am not taking any of the short shots in what could be the weirdest NBA season ever. So for me, I'd rather be holding a ticket on a guy like, you know, just kind of off the top of my head here, but like you know, like let's say the Sixers finally put it together and you're holding a thirty to one on Embiid, or the the Nuggets finally you know make a run and push in the West and you got a Jokic like thirty six to one, or so. Like, I would rather be holding one of these tickets for these longer shot guys, and if they start playing their way into the conversation, you hold you're holding a ticket on them that, uh, at a number that you're never going to get again, as opposed to holding a ticket on you know, let's call it Giannis at 480. He gets COVID and has to miss a week and a half or two weeks of the season. And if you really wanted a ticket on Giannis, then at that point, you're probably getting, you know, 8-1, to 10-1, 9-1 to, one, nine to one or something. So I don't know if these short shots, if it's not, if it's really worth doing anything with the short shots, I would almost rather just be holding a ticket of a number that I know I'm never going to get again or never going to get a better number because they would be able to play themselves into the conversation. Yeah, what did we say before the baseball season? Embrace the chaos and some
1: weird stuff happened there. Well, yeah, we saw that the the preseason favorite Dodgers win it all, but there were, you know, in some of these awards, uh, we saw some of the long, some long shots, when Trevor Bauer, yeah. uh, Shane Bieber won Cy Young. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Jose Abreu won the AL MVP. I mean, the weird things We had a pitcher win rookie of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, weird things happened there and it's not that short of an nba season but we don't know who's gonna get covid we don't know who's gonna be sitting out for for weeks at a time so uh yeah i I would say i'm with you i i don't see any value in in buying some of these really short favors to win MVP.
0: the nfl week 14 rolls on uh brett before we get into into week 14 just a quick week 13 look is there any is there any team is there anything that happened in week 13 that made you really really value a team in your kind of personal power rankings more or less because of what you saw in in week 13 because I gotta be honest I think there is for me Well, you start. Let me think about this. You're putting me on the spot. You go ahead. Yeah. So for me in week 13, I think what we saw play out is something that had been brewing for quite a while with the Steelers team. And I I understand it's been a rough stretch for them getting games moved and having to play in weird times and weird days and different things like that. But what has not changed and what didn't change in that game? And we've talked about it on this podcast. We talk about it whenever we have Brad on Fridays. This Steelers offense goes in gigantic lulls where they cannot move the ball in courses of games. It is not like one of these offenses that we see that consistently can move the ball up and down the field. And it finally caught up to them on Monday night. I mean, they were holding a 14 to nothing lead and allowed Washington to come back and win that game 23 to 17, where they only scored three points in the second half, and Ben Roethlisberger is forced to throw 53 times in that game because they cannot do anything at all running the ball, and they really haven't been able to do anything running the ball all year long, and this defense, as we mentioned, keeps them in every game, and it will keep them in every game. They had the ball in the fourth quarter, could have driven down and won this game, Ben, ben got a pass uh, tipped at the line of scrimmage. They picked it off. So it, it, the defense keeps them in every game. They've given up more than 24 points one time over the entire season. They didn't against Washington. They only gave up 23. But this offense has some very big warts and some very big holes. And I don't know if this Steelers team somehow slips to where they are not the buy, which right now they still have the buy because the tiebreaker is division record and the. Chiefs lost to the to the Raiders and and the Steelers. Of course, it was a, a football team loss. But um, I don't know if the Steelers can make it through. If they have to play an extra game, I don't know if you can dodge the bullet of this offense being pretty mediocre, having to make a whole run through the playoffs, getting to have to skip an entire game where you might get to avoid the pitfall of your offense falling flat is so incredibly huge for this team like the Steelers. But man, I am... Uh, I am pretty much looking at this Steelers team completely different uh, as far as the outlook of what I think they can actually do once we get to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's a good one and because negative regression was was due for this team. They did not they did not look like an 11-0 team, especially offensively. I mean, all, all season, they've been in the bottom 8-10 to 10 in the entire league in, in yards per play. In 2020, how how can you consistently win week after week with that? This is Offense matters more now than ever before. So I will. Let's talk about Buffalo because Pittsburgh plays Buffalo this week. I was so impressed. That was the best game Josh Allen has ever played. He was lighting that Niners defense up with some unbelievable throws all night. And this team is dangerous. They're better than I gave them credit for. Uh, The defense is not great. But we're starting to see the secondary come together, look like the unit they, the elite unit they had been over the past two years. Trey White, Poyer, Hyde—they're they're all finally healthy again, and man, I like. We saw I mean, we'll talk about this game a lot on Friday, of course. But I mean, this this line opened uh, Bills plus two and a half. The Bills are are favorite now against the Steelers after what happened on Monday night, and I'm not surprised with the way Josh Allen looked and the way the Steelers offense looked, can the Steelers offense take advantage of some of these bills leaks on defense? I don't know. I really don't. I think the bills might be the better team. And I've been seeing this on Twitter over the past day, two days, the bills might be better than the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: The, the, there's no doubt about that. And listen, you you know, I've, I, you've always, you've been a little hesitant because they're your team and you don't want to feel, and you don't want to feel like a Homer, but You know, I, um, you know, me, I've been pretty high on this team. You know, like I have been, I have been the thing that I love about McDermott and it is just like, it is something that we don't see enough of is, Hey, guess what? we're really bad at something and we're not going to continue to just try continue to be bad at it over and over and over and over and over again to the detriment of our team. And listen, will it finally catch up to them, Brett, that they can't run the football consistently? Maybe, but we know this is a passing league. And if you're going to be good at one thing in this league, it's way better to be good at passing than it is to be good at running. We know that for sure. And what he is not doing is, is running Devin Singletary into the line for a yard and a half over and over and over and over and over again. He's like, "You know what? We're not good at it. We're not going to do it. We're going to throw all the time and that's just all there is to it." And I that is a tip of the cap to McDermott for making that decision that they are not going to do something they are bad at strictly because they feel like they have to.
1: They are they are one of the best in the league. I think right up there with Carolina at building a game plan around analytics, making adjustments around analytics. They're in play has improved drastically since they started using analytics and just optimal in-game decisions, decisions to go forward on fourth down, fourth and short. I mean, it's it's a, it's like a complete, completely different team than I watched two years ago. And we're really starting to see it now that he has all this trust in Josh Allen. And they have probably the best play caller in, in the entire NFL right now and Brian Dable. I mean, th- yeah. this offense is so much fun to watch. It's I don't even recognize this team. It's it's been a lot of fun, and it, I'm finally coming around to it now after watching Josh Allen play against the Niners on Monday nights. Um, man, this team is really good.
0: The only other team I do want to mention here, there, there's a lot we could go into with in Week 13, but we'll we'll do a recap on the Friday podcast a little bit as well. But uh, the other team I do want to mention is the Rams, and with the way that defense is playing, and if they decide that they will in fact just. I'm not going to say hide Jared Goff, but play to his strengths as opposed to try to make him do something that he cannot do. I think this Rams team is pretty dangerous as well. Brett, we know what Jared Goff is bad at, and that is when he faces pressure, Jared Goff wets the bed and he makes very bad decisions and he makes very bad throws. So we saw this two weeks ago. Against the Bucks. And for whatever reason, they got, out of, they got out of sorts last week against the 49ers and didn't do it. But then they get back to it here against the Arizona Cardinals. These stats on Jared Goff are incredible. He's 37 of 47 in the game. He throws for 351 yards. But Brett, 13 of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. And 25 of his passes we're between line of scrimmage and 10 yards down the field. He only attempted six passes between 10 and 20 yards and did not throw one pass over 20 yards in the game. Did not attempt a single pass over 20 yards in the game. Get the ball out of his hand quick. Don't let him make bad decisions. Play to, play to the strengths of their yards after catch with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, two of the best guys in the league. Listen, they might not be elite wide receivers, but they are elite after the catch. And And so get the ball in their hands, let them do what they do, and play to golf strengths. And then you pair it with this defense that has pretty much shown up every single week this season. I think the Rams are at least a for real contender in this whole thing. And I probably wouldn't have said that six games ago.
1: It's funny, you look at some of these. The, the, my biggest concern about the Rams coming into the season with the offensive line. And they really didn't address their offensive line. This to me, this looked like a really bad unit. And it still might be. But like you said, they figured out a way to get the ball out of Goff's hands quickly so that it doesn't matter if the offensive line is bad. Like that's it, that's where they've been yeah. thriving. It's just getting a ball, getting the ball quick. I mean, that kind of the Patriots model and why the, how they were successful for so many years offensively. Get the ball out quick. Uh don't turn the ball over. Don't don't put Tom Brady in situations where he's going to turn the ball over. Obviously, Jared Goff's not Tom Brady, and he's still more liable to, to turn the ball over. But it's it's come down to play calling and scheme, and that's why the Rams have been so successful this season. And yeah, I think they're in, in pretty good shape in the NFC right now.
0: So let's uh, let's take a look here, just kind of real quick. And again, we do the full breakdown every friday and if you don't do if you don't follow us for that podcast you really really should guys i mean we go pretty in depth in everything on on fridays and again the that thing is broken up as well onto our youtube channel and kind of go game by game with some of the more popular games of the week over on the youtube channel so again another reason to subscribe there are there any of the are there any of the games here in week 14 where the line really stood out to you, where the line really jumped off the page where you were like that is not where I would have expected this thing to 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 uh, to end up at?
1: The actual well, starting with Thursday night, I think we'll talk to, we'll talk about that game yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, that one was one just based off what happened in the Patriots game against the Chargers on Sunday. Uh that was one that kind of jumped off the page to me. It's a really interesting week because there aren't a whole lot of big spreads like we saw last week. I mean, last week we saw a bunch of double-digit spreads. There's only one this week, and only a couple. No, there's only one that's above eight right now. There's a couple hanging around seven and a half, but there should be a lot of tight games this week, and I thought the
0: lines were pretty fair for the most part. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, no, there, there really wasn't anything that that jumped out at me. I think the only thing that maybe just a little bit, I think that maybe the Falcons are at, at at the very least a field goal better than the Chargers. Maybe a little bit more at this point. This Falcons defense has actually started to play fairly well, and they yeah. were in that game with the Saints. And in a game where you're going to say like, "Oh well, Drew Brees didn't play." Taysom Hill actually played good in that game, and and they were in that game, had the ball again, like they could have gone down and won that game. Uh, the Falcons, and so I think that was the only one where it's like, okay, there's no home field advantage at all, so I don't really care that the Falcons are going over to L.A. And the way that this Chargers team has been playing, I mean, it looks like, to me, they're defeated. They understand their coach is lame duck. They know that there's going to be some turnover. I, I, to me, that was really the only one where it feels like the Falcons could come in and really kind of kick a team when they're down.
1: That'll be a fun one to talk about on Friday because I kind of felt another i felt the opposite way about that game so we'll we'll save that one for friday for the yeah
0: that was about the only yeah that was about the only that was about the only one but like you said i think most of the lines were were pretty fair when it comes down to uh to everything in in week 14 and we'll break everything down on friday as far as the futures market we talk about it in the nba uh the nfl is there anything lingering out there i mean we're not betting we're not betting the Super Bowl winner right now, I don't think. Uh, there's a couple of division winners that are still obviously up for grabs. The NFC East being the first one that really comes to mind. The West, I guess, if you want to talk about the Rams and Seahawks, the validity of those two teams, the South with the Titans and the Colts. Um is there any do you have a lean in the East? Do you have a lean in the NFC West? Do you have a, a lean in the AFC North? We're looking at the Giants being favored over football team -143 to +140. We have the Rams favored over the Seahawks -155 to +125, and we have the Titans favored over the Colts -200 to +150. I'm
1: tempted to bet the football team at +140. The problem is the Giants have the tiebreaker right now, so the Washington would have to win one more game than than the Giants the rest of the way. And I just, uh, I understand why the Giants are favored right now. I'll I'll put it that way. Um, Everything else here looks pretty fair to me. Also, the Bills haven't, they haven't locked up. That division looks way closer than it should right now. Like the, the Dolphins are one game back, but the Dolphins play the Chiefs this week. And the Bills already have beaten the Dolphins. This season. So that's why the bills are minus 1115 and the Dolphins are still plus 700. That game, that, di- that division is not as close as it looks in the standings. Um, but yeah, everything else looks pretty fair. What do you think about the AFC South? Are the, like the Titans at minus 200? Obviously uh, in the advantage now after beating the Colts two weeks ago, but I don't think the
0: Titans uh, the Titans good. No. So I mean, I have kind of been saying this from uh, for a while now that it was I, I was wondering how long it was going to take for this defense to really really get exposed, right? Like really and truly get exposed. And man, the Browns were able to that that score is cosmetic. That was a beatdown in that game. Yeah. The Browns went to the Browns went to soft coverage immediately in the second half. And so like 41 to 35 was not even close to how that game went. I mean, it was a complete and total beatdown. And I guess the only thing working in the favor of the Titans here and why you probably do have to go with them at minus 200, they finish out Jags, lions, Texans. Now there is a Packers game in there, but like they're going to be favored in, in three of the four. So if, if they hold in the games they're supposed to be favored in, then it's definitely advantage. You know, it's definitely advantage titans over the colts
1: yeah i guess i mean the yeah the colts have raiders texans steelers yeah which probably is gettable if 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 we feel the way about the steelers that we've been talking about and then the jaguars i feel like this should be closer i don't think the titans should be minus 200 win that division right now
0: i'll tell you what i think that there is i I mean i'm fairly down on the titans so i'm maybe not the best best guy for for all of this but I think there is a chance, not a big one. I think there's a chance the Jags could scare the Titans this week. I think if Kenny Galladay is back by the time they play the lions on the 20th, which hopefully he would be by then the guy would yeah. be out for like damn near the whole season at that point. If it, Unless they just decide to shut him down, which they might, you know, depending on, on what kind of hit, what kind of, uh, what kind of injury he's still dealing with. But I think that game for the Lions could get very, very scary for them. The Packers are definitely going to be favored over the Titans in that game. And then the Texans, uh, you know, Texans can't seem to close anything out. But but um, but yeah, I, I think that there's I think there's a pretty decent. Sh- they could go two and two and it would not surprise me if they went one and three. They stink.
1: I'm so tempted to bet the Titans to not make the playoffs. Plus four sixty five to not make the playoffs.
0: This this team we've been saying it all year. This team is such a fraud. I know it is their defense is is horrible and, and like it finally got exposed, but their defense has been bad all year and it just, you know, they, the schedule has favored them to where it doesn't really show up a ton. I mean, when you look, I mean, there are games on this schedule, which don't get me wrong. The Jags scored 30 on them the first time that they played, but I mean, there are, there are games on this schedule where you look at this Titans team where it's like, okay, we talked about, we don't think the Steelers offense is all that great. Steelers didn't score a ton. Bengals obviously don't score a ton. The bears are one of the worst offenses there are out there. I mean, it's yeah. For me, for me, Titans, probably the worst team that's going to make, make it into the playoffs this year. And um, I expect, I will be looking forward to fading them. If I have the opportunity once we get there. Yeah. Same. Are there any of these fringe teams that you think are gonna are gonna get in? Are there is there any team that you would feel confident in betting on, or is is it kind of one of those deals where, you know, there's no real value at this point because it's just not it's you know the price isn't worth it. Well, if
1: I'm I mean if I'm fading the Titans, then I would bet Indie. Um, I guess that would be the one. I don't know what to make of Miami. I mean they're they're in pretty good position to make the playoffs right now. But is their matchup this week baked into that fully? I mean, are, are, they're not going to beat KC this week. That's just not going to happen. So I that's a tough one. Plus 130 to make the playoffs for Miami. I don't think I can get behind that.
0: Yeah, that's about it for me. I I don't, you know, I don't like a ton of these. Yeah. I don't really like a ton of these teams to, to, to be honest with you. So I mean, look, I guess there is a case you could make a little bit if you wanted to for uh for the vikings i mean look if they can go two and two down the stretch that finishes them up at 8 and 8 um there maybe there's a case to be made for them there but I, again none none that i really like all that much so minnesota just,
1: yeah minnesota is interesting because they're so good offensively that yeah. i could see them Competing with really anybody that could win out. I I wouldn't be surprised by that. But at the same time, they're so bad defensively that they could also lose the rest of the season. So, yeah,
0: I'm with you. Uh, As far as the MVP goes, I think it's Patrick Mahomes to lose. I don't think there's anything there for us to to really discuss unless you think that uh, there's a, a dark horse out there.
1: If you wanted a dark horse, you missed your chance on Josh Allen last week. I mean, that was, that was the buy, I guess. Uh, But it has to be Mahomes. How can you, I mean, look at these numbers. (laughs) The guy's, the guy is ridiculous. It's absurd.
0: It's, I mean, it's, it's absurd. It really is. The only thing, the only thing would be like you say, at this point is, and let's, please don't let this football gods, please know, like is any sort of injury or something like that? Because like, and then it opens the door for another guy who's having like, Under the radar, just an incredible season in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, like if this any other year, the odds would be Aaron Rodgers minus 500, not Patrick Mahomes minus 500. But it's just like you. But Patrick Mahomes is just the guy is going to end up being like LeBron. It's going to be like you could give it to him every year if you wanted to. You
1: should. And they just don't <laughs> remember, what was it uh, a month ago, five weeks ago, we were, we were talking about Russell Wilson at even money yeah. to win MVP. And now he's just completely fallen off the
0: radar. He's plus 2000 now. I know. I know. And the Jets are going to go in 16, right? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. I think, I mean, last week was probably their last chance. Yeah, they're going to go in 16. And they should at this point. If you can't win that game last week, if you're going to lose that game on purpose, then you might as well just go 0 16.
1: Yeah. What was There's your no- take on that? They 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 weren't tanking there, right? Like you can't you can't make the call down there to Greg Williams and be like lose on purpose. You can't tell pro football players to do that. So even though he put them in a position to not succeed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm
0: saying. That's what I'm saying. He didn't. They didn't lose on purpose. The players didn't. He just yeah. put the. He just put them in a situation to fail. The, if you remember the play before that, they got behind the defense again. They were behind the defense to play before, and Carr overthrew Aguilar in the end zone, and yeah. then the very next play, he calls cover zero again. The stats bear it out, and like you, you unless he's just the worst coach in history, like the biggest moron that's ever lived the stats bear it out that this was a tank job because there have been 250 plays since 2006, whenever the, they started, you know, co- uh, recording stuff like this in which all of the criteria was met under 15 seconds, more than 40 yards away team with no timeouts, And no one has ever called a cover zero in 250 plays. Zero times has it ever been called because it makes no sense. Like you just keep, let them complete it short. You keep them in bounds and the game is over. Like it's, It is insanity. How do you
1: explain the firing then? If he was on team tank, if he was following orders up top, why would they fire him the next day?
0: Well, because he, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, because like they're all gone anyway, right? Right. So it's just like, it's a, it's just more of an optics thing. Like they're, they're going to clean house. Nobody's going to have a job next year. So that's just kind of like the, Oh, this happened. So let's go ahead and. And clean house, but dude, it is now even money. Well, not even money. It's now even odds for them to go 0-16. The yes is minus one ten. The nose minus one ten. So yeah, give me give me the yes. There's no way they're going to win a game this year for sure. Um, On the Eagles front, does it change your opinion of this team at all moving forward that they're going with Hertz over Wentz?
1: It's 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 fascinating because Hertz has actually looked way better than Wentz in his small sample of quarterbacks so he looked confident yeah he looked
0: confident and that's like what what we never got in Wentz like at least he was just stepping in and to throws and throw in and like yeah they weren't necessarily always accurate but at least you want a guy back there who's going to be confident in what he's doing which it looked like Wentz's confidence had been completely zapped
1: it's been zapped for a while I feel like him playing with all these scrubs for so long has totally ruined the confidence in himself and the players around him he's just he's just completely wrecked as a quarterback right now. Maybe some time off will help him, you know, get his mind back to where it needs to be. Cause I feel the talent is there. He showed what he can do. He's a great at throwing the football downfield. He just hasn't had anybody to throw the football to in a long time. And yeah, maybe a little break will, will help him. But um, I, it's hard for me to buy into this rookie quarterback who I didn't have any faith in coming into the season. I didn't know what the Eagles were doing, drafting him in the second round to begin with. So the fact that he has looked kind of good in like mop up duty, I kind of want to fade them because I think the market will kind of move toward him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think people, if anything are looking for any sort of hope for yeah. that team. And I'm not sure a rookie starting against the saints, which by the way, over the last uh, six weeks of the season, has been the number two defense in the league behind this behind the Steelers. And so I mean, good luck with that, right? <laughs> like this, good luck with yeah, that.
1: This line should be higher. Again, we'll talk about that on Sunday.
0: So or Friday. So let's uh let's take a look quick look at this Thursday game. Uh Patriots at the Rams. You thought that maybe this line was a little wonky. Do you think it's too short or do you think it's not short uh not long enough?
1: So I, I have not taken a deep dive into this one yet, but I can tell you I can tell you this even before looking at matchups. This is normally a market spot I would be highly interested in fading the Patriots off that yeah, that wacky drubbing of the Chargers in which they yeah. scored 45 points despite only averaging 4.4 yards per play. All my fears going into that game came to fruition and and then some. Belichick against an unpolished rookie quarterback and the Chargers inability to stop the run and the Patriots took advantage that that final score does not tell the whole story of that game, but the Patriots definitely did a good job with a rookie quarterback and Justin Herbert. But this is a, a very different matchup here. And we talked about the Rams. I mean, fifth and total DVOA, ninth and run defense DVOA with Aaron Donald clogging the middle of the field. And all the Patriots can do is run the football. Cam looks terrible throwing the football. And if they end up in a situation where they are playing from behind in the second half, I don't know how this team produces chunk plays or any kind of offense. Yeah. Uh, And they also don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback because of the lack of the talent on this defense. So they're forced to blitz more and the Rams are extremely good at getting the ball out quickly with these wide receivers who are fantastic. So in my initial findings, this looks like a Rams play to me. I, I mean, this opened Rams minus six and a half. It's been, it's fallen to five and it's been oscillating between five, five and a half at DraftKings since Tuesday, I think if it's at five, I think that has to be a buy on the
0: ramps. Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I, this is a pretty great spot, I think, to, to really understand who this Patriots team is. And that was the ultimate coaching mismatch last week. <laughs> yeah. and, and it played out exactly like everyone who said it was the coaching, ultimate coaching mismatch. And it was, and it played out exactly like everyone thought. Um, I got down in that game, two different occasions, Brett, in game and I know this makes you jealous because it is as horrible as, as the apps are here. At least I do have in-game opportunities to, uh, to get down on games. I got down two different times in game on the Patriots because once they got out to a lead, I was like, this game is over. Like there is no chance. There's zero chance that this Chargers team is coming back on bill Belichick in this, like Anthony Lynn has no prayer in this game at this point. And, and so I just kept laying it with the Patriots. Unfortunately that, that worked out. And, um, you you look at this, and this is just a completely different game. We have a elite defense in the Rams. You do not have that in the Chargers. You have a you have a team that is not going to be, listen, Bel Bel Belichick has the coaching advantage every time he steps on the field, but Sean McVay is not completely outclassed like Anthony Lynn is in this one. He is going to be prepared for things that are going on here. And plus, like you said, Patriots cannot, cannot pass the ball and so when you have corners like Jalen Ramsey out there you can basically sell out on the run and leave those guys in one-on-one coverage against what are their wide receivers for the Patriots against Jacoby Myers give me Jalen Ramsey over Jacoby Myers any day of the week Nikhil Nikhil Harry's horrible everybody like there is nobody there's no playmakers throw the ball so when you have these elite corners like the Rams have then you just sell out. You go to one-on-one coverage. Maybe you get beat one time over the course of the game and you give up a, 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 a lengthy score, but you're going to win more times than not. You just sell out to stop the run and uh, just show I, – I don't know a path of victory here for for the Patriots, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. This uh- – this looks like a great spot for the Rams. And an amazing spot to sell the Patriots after that after that win on Sunday. And even before that. I mean, they won two in a row now. People are, are starting to buy back into the Patriots and this is the wrong time to do it.
0: Guys, as always, you can uh, follow me and Brett on Twitter at Colson at MattBrownM2. We're on all of the places that you go and you find your podcast, so please go and find us there as well. Subscribe, rate, and review again on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash picks. We appreciate a subscription over there as well. And comment to us over there. Like whenever we post these things and uh, post our game picks from Friday and stuff, let us know what you're thinking. We're uh, we're definitely interested. If you think we're off base, let us know because we don't always get them right. That is for sure. So I uh, really do appreciate. Appreciate all that and the support. And again, if you're looking for any, uh, if you're looking for a new sports book, or if you just know you need to get multiple accounts because of just, you know, the lines we're talking about, the juice being different, the all the stuff like that. uh, Be sure and head over the lines, click on your state, and you will find the very best offerings that you can possibly get. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys on Friday.